This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. So I know neither one of you are going to agree with me on what I'm going to say next, but just stay with me here for a moment. The best thing about Sunday's loss in Seattle is that they play again on Thursday. Short week, quick turnaround, easier to quickly forget what happened during those 60 minutes in Seattle, or or no, I'm getting some, some nods and maybe a little, I mean... Neither no one likes the short week. No I likes, completely agree with you. Yes. I am a hundred percent on board with you. Uh. Well, speaking like a backup quarterback versus Kyle Vandenbosch, who was on the field for about ninety percent of the defensive snaps. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, we're throwing barbs. No, I, I agree with that as well. Um, you know, the amazing thing about NFL athletes, especially when you're around the game long enough, is how quickly you do move on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Even when you do have film on Mondays or Tuesdays, you come in. Um, you got to put it behind you quickly, and and um, you know I'm I'm assuming with this short week they don't watch the film. Um, they probably just do an overview of what things went well, what things they need to work on, um, how this team is going to regroup moving forward, and then you get right into your game plan because you have no time to feel sorry for yourself. You have no time to. Um, even really make corrections this week. You move on to a whole new scouting report. Um, you come up with a game plan. I mean, today is, uh, let's see, today is Friday of a game week already. So, um, you know, you're gearing up for a game. Thursday, Cardinals will host the New Orleans Saints. Primetime, 5.15 is the kickoff. One thirty pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. But before we get to that, Drew, let's, because we will look back at what happened in Seattle, 19-9, to the final. The offense just managed three points, but they were three first quarter points, so we can eliminate that stat, throw that out the window. But this offense, outside of that opening drive, just was never able to get, in the words of the head coach, into rhythm, into sync. And really, that's been the case since week one. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it has to do, again, you look at crucial situations and what they're doing in those situations. Four for 14 on third down is not going to be sustainable. You look at the red zone when they get in there. Uh, I also think that maybe they want to look at kicking field goals, but we also have come to realize that's what Cliff Kingsbury is going to do. You can't sit there in the fourth quarter and say, man, I wish I would have had those six points back when we're kicking the field goals. And I understand, you know, the the kicking situation is fluid at this point in time and they're trying to find somebody. They're not guaranteed points. But at the same time, I am under the premise of you get as many points as you can in that first half. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how ugly it is because you don't want to sit there and kick yourself and say, man, I really wish we would have had that as opposed to going for a touchdown or trying to sustain some of these 
drives. But that's the way the NFL is going, right? That's the analytical portion of it of saying, okay, well, you know, we've got a 72% chance of doing this if we get this here and this and this and this. All that doesn't matter. I think you have to be able to sense what's going on, and this team has not been able to sustain some of these drives. So just if you do get that fourth and two, that fourth and one, and you prolong a drive, are you going to go down and then have to kick a shorter field goal? I mean, look, these kickers are getting paid. They've got to be able to put it through the uprights, and I think that's something that we can sit here and feel sorry for ourselves about or say the kicking whoever is up on game day that's kicking the ball we are putting all of our eggs in his basket to say he's going to make it within 50 or be reasonable give him something that's tangible to feel good about that because points are a premium in this league especially against the Seattle defense that everybody's going well, you know this is 30 second statistical in every category no they're still a, a defense that has pride in what they do they are still professional athletes they have a scheme they have a way of trying to stop you and I think that this is a team right now an Arizona Cardinals team in general that is playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win well you mentioned the decisions not to kick field goal there were four or three after that initial drive, you kick field goals on those three drives. You don't miss a PAT. That's 10 points. What's the difference in the ball game on Sunday? You lose by 10. Now, the kicking situation, Matt Prater still don't know about his availability this week. Matt Amendola has been released. Rodrigo Blankenship has been signed to the practice squad. He's out there right as we speak here as the Cardinals are going through a walkthrough. But that's the kicking situation. Overall, Kyle, this offense needs to figure something out. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Yes, Robbie Anderson is now in the fold. But you lose Hollywood Brown for an indefinite period of time. That's what Cliff Kingsbury has said. And you also lose Justin Pugh for the rest of the season because of an ACL injury. And when Pugh went down in that first quarter, that was when that offense basically stopped working at all. Yeah, that's it's two big losses. I mean, typically, um, I think from the outside, you don't appreciate uh, when you lose an offensive lineman, particularly an interior offensive lineman. But uh, we saw earlier in the year when Justin Pugh wasn't able to play, how big of a difference it made. Um, he is a leader. He is a technician. He gets the job done when he's in there. Um, it, you know, and to your point, um, it appeared like we should be able to pound it at him all game, and um, it was you know up to this point it was the worst performance this offensive line has put forth um, both in the run game and pass protection giving up six sacks um, and you know that's that's got to be fixed and and for this offense to work when this offense is really clicking um, you know they have they they get one first down and get up on the ball and keep moving it's all about tempo but you can't have tempo when you go three and out, four and out, three and out, four and out, I mean, you've, you've got to get the chains moving, have success um, on your first few plays, and then this offense gets going, and, and you set things up for later in the game. I mean, typically, uh, you know, screen passes, um, you know, these, these perimeter plays and, and these, these horizontal plays that everybody seems to be complaining about, those are available when you set other things up. When you have success running the ball north south, when you have success, um, you know, working the ball down the field, and you complete a few passes, then those those short passes and, and screen passes have more success. But um, you know, we're not getting that early success within our offense that sets things up for later in the game. Again, the final score from Seattle: nineteen to nine. Cardinals dropped to two and four. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Between you know not having the right calls and, and just not executing as well as we can, we, we uh, didn't play to, to how good we think we can be, and, and so it's kind of like I said, it's kind of been the theme of the season so far on offense. Started off though well 
with those first two drives, 24 plays, 131 yards, and six first downs. The next seven drives totaled six first downs. And this, again, was against one of the worst defenses in the league. Drew, I know it's, yes, any given Sunday, but on paper, that should not happen, and it did happen on Sunday, which has left a lot of people scratching their heads and wondering what's going on and can it be fixed. Yeah, well, I, I think one thing that I don't like to see in the trend, and I've talked about a little bit before, is seeing Kyler rush so much. I know everybody wants to do that, but I think there is a psyche in a quarterback's mind, especially somebody as talented and gifted as he is. If that first read's not open, he's going to scramble. I mean, to have 10 rushes, fantastic that he had 100 yards. Obviously, he broke that long one. But at the same time, your mindset starts to shift of, of okay, you become more of a runner than staying in the pocket and using your feet and, and dispersing the ball and doing all these things. And to Kyle's point, you've got to be able to attack all areas of the field. You've got to be able to play smash mouth football. You've got to be able to set up play action stuff. And there's an intermediate passing game that really hasn't been tapped into yet within this offense. The quick game's there. They're trying to push the ball down the field, but they haven't been able to have success with it. Well, how can you do that? You you try to displace guys. You try and get the run game going. You try to get to that second level by you know doing high lows. All of these things that you can just, again, it's a work in progress. You're trying to find a comfort level with Kyler Murray of you know the cohesiveness between that and play calling. It's just not there. Now, there is still opportunity to get this fixed. If we really look at it and before we start you know, going chicken little and the sky is falling in, the biggest thing you can do, the easiest path to the playoffs is winning your division. It's not like they're in the NFC East right now and saying, man, we are looking up, we're the commanders, and we have no chance. Right? They have everything out in front of them they need to do. They just have to get it fixed and get it fixed quickly. It's the men in that locker room that are going to get it done. It's the players. The coaches can only coach and do so much. I think that the scheme is in place there. Obviously, defensively, they're doing a tremendous job of playing above and beyond. Offensively, this team is built to do that, and injuries are going to happen guys are going to come in they're going to come out hollywood brown it stinks you make a trade for robbie anderson which is really hard to say that you're going to count on this guy and everybody's been sitting there waiting for this week to come because deandre hopkins is coming back okay so now is the time to see it if it doesn't happen what's the excuse at that point defense as you mentioned has been holding up its end of the bargain again holding another opponent fourth straight opponent to 20 or fewer yards yet only one win in those four games afterwards post game in the locker room Zayvon Collins talking with Paul Calvisi I think a lot of guys are just pissed off because we lost you know we got to see how we're practicing see what we're doing go fix it something's got to change you know if we do the same thing over and over again and then expect a different outcome it's gonna it's what's called insanity you're not going to get anything from it you are a third of the way through the regular season just like that you only have so much time remaining yeah there are time to solve it and fix it but i'll go back you can't rely on just one individual to come in and save the day And even kingsbury on monday said drew that hopkins can't be counted on to be the savior no, and he's still got to get himself in football shape, right? You don't just show up and you can do all of these things. There's a vast difference between football shape and being able to just stay on the side and get your cardio up and do all of these things. I mean, Marcus Golden is getting after the quarterback now. His you know hiatus that he had, I think it was a detriment to him. So you look at this. 
But going into this season, some of the concerns that we had of Zayvon Collins is going to step up. A lot of these guys are starting to answer the bell. It's some of these veteran players or other guys that you're counting on that really need to raise their level of play or just be consistent within it. I think that's really what you're looking for. And again, you you don't have to hit the panic button by any means, and that's you know a trigger word for everybody in the NFL right now because some of these teams that were picked to be higher aren't there. There is this unwritten defensive scheme going on right now that I don't think anybody's talking about. But really what you're starting to see, all of these defensive coordinators are just playing super sound defense. They're playing zone defense. They're making these athletic quarterbacks that scramble around, make big plays, throw the ball down the field. They're just making them be soft. And then in situational times, they're coming after them. They're heating them up. They're trying to catch them where they don't know what to do and then win that battle when it matters most. They'll say, okay, we'll let you go on a 17-play drive and then maybe kick a field goal, or you're going to go for it on fourth down because that's what analytics says. So these defenses right now are far more advanced to what's going on and playing into the hands of all of all these things of the product that has now become college is has manifested itself in the NFL and this bend but break don't style defense is really lending to these teams that are finding ways to win. It's easy to gain yards. Cardinals outgained the Seahawks 315 to 296, but in the red zone, Kyle, between the two teams, one for seven scoring touchdowns. And this team's had red zone problems before, but now the red zone seems to extend to the 30. It, 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 you know, we a lot of the conversation is this defense is playing great, the offense is struggling. The offense has 52 more yards than the defense has given up this year. I mean, the offense is moving the ball, is capitalizing when you have those opportunities that we're missing. Four times the Cardinals got inside the Seahawks' 30-yard line, got three points. Cardinals lose 19-9. to Episode 46 of the Day Pass podcast featuring SEC Commissioner Gear Greg Sankey is available now to catch up on past episodes. Follow the Day Pass podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at PatchPod. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Mayfield under center. Back to throw. Buys time, deep downfield, Anderson wide open, 25, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Carolina! How about Robbie Anderson? Listen. Just be fast and run by everybody and just chuck it and let him go run underneath it. The newest member of the Arizona Cardinals, wide receiver Robbie Anderson, formerly of the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers radio network on that play-by-play, a 75-yard touchdown catch against the Cleveland Browns. By the way, for Anderson, that was week one in which he had five catches for 102 yards. Since week one, eight catches for 104 yards. Things obviously did not work out in Carolina. Cardinals acquire him for future draft consideration. According to reports, a sixth-round pick in 2024 and a seventh-round selection in 2025. We continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Rayla, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch. The move, according to Kingsbury, Drew was in direct relationship to the injury to Hollywood Brown. Hurt his foot out indefinitely on that final play or final offensive play of the game, the fourth down deep ball from Kyler Murray. So Hollywood Brown is out. Robbie Anderson is in. Available this week, but just how available can you be when you just arrived and you've got less time to prepare against the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, well, I would imagine they'll have a small 
category for him to just say, okay, here's your place, here's what you're going to be doing, because you want to be able to get him out there. Uh, you want to be able to utilize this right away, and yes, it's a short week. At the same time, he's in shape. He's been playing. He understands it. It's a breath of fresh air for him to come into a new setting. Uh, you might not count on him for a lot, but he's a speed guy that can take the top off of a coverage. He can do different things. He understands how to run posts. He understands how to do all of these nuances that are going to be asked of him. It's just a matter of learning the verbiage and the language, and sometimes that can be a wide receiver helping him. Sometimes that can be Kyler when they break the huddle of reminding him, hey, this is what you got on that. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Or, hey, we know what play is coming right here. Okay, come on in off the sideline. This is what you have. So he's a veteran guy. He's been around for a while now. He's going to be able to get something out of him this week and then have this long weekend where I imagine he'll be up here learning as much as he can to get up to speed. Seven-year veteran. And the good news with respect to trying to get him acclimated to this offense, Kyle, quickly is his relationship with wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson. They were together with the Jets, so that should help. Now, again, how big of a deal is that going into this week? Who knows, but long-term the following week certainly should help. Yeah, Drew knows Sean Jefferson as well from our time in Detroit. A tremendous wide receivers coach, and if he's vouching for a player, I think you can really count on that player. Um, Sean Jefferson's old school. He, he likes guys that work, guys that get after it. So, um, you know, you can be confident that they feel good about bringing him in. Um, and, and again, to Drew's point about, you know, how much can he get up to speed in a short week, the offensive game plan, defensive game plan is pared down anyways. I mean, they're not going to go into this game with their entire playbook. They're going to focus on what things they do well. They're going to focus on what things the Saints struggle against and move forward with that. So, um, you know, it's not like he's only going to have a small part of a huge game plan. He's going to have a small part of a small game plan because you do simplify things. You don't try to put too much on players' plates in this short week because on top of the lack of practice time, you have a lack of film study, you have a lack of meetings, you have you just don't have the normal time that you're used to to prepare for an opponent. So you go in with um, some some basic stuff or some, some concepts um, that have worked for you in the past. Anderson is two seasons removed from 1,000 yards with Carolina. And again, it's a needed move to be made in, in light of the injury to Hollywood Brown. Let's hear more about Robbie Anderson and why he was acquired. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury had an opportunity to get a guy bring some speed and, and um, that dynamic that Hollywood has and uh, so we'll kind of see where he fits in and just for the long term uh, with guys getting hurt we need some more uh, wideouts in here but just watching him over the years and, and studying his tape I mean he, he's got a skill set that seems to be similar and um, he can really run which we, we need that has the speed of a Hollywood Brown, who, by the way, leading the Cardinals in receptions and receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. So that is now completely out the window with respects to Hollywood Brown. You lose that. I think it's unfair to think Robbie Anderson is just going to come in and pick that up. I'll say this, though, Drew. I do like the fact that he's six foot three. That gives you some height along with an A.J. Green and a returning DeAndre Hopkins. This is a wide receiver core that does not have a lot of height before D-Hop comes back and now with Anderson in the fold. Yeah, I mean, I think that matters a little bit. I, that production will get scooped up by D-Hop. I think <laughs> we feel good about that one. Uh, at the same time, it's a little concerning because guys like Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, you would hope that they wouldn't feel the need to make this kind of a move. Now, granted, this is just uh, speculation, but I think there's also the fact that he was a disgruntled wide receiver that has a previous relationship with Sean Jefferson that can be plugged into that room. So there's an immense amount of value you can get because – 
wide receivers like that that can really be a plug and play for you and fill that need the day that it actually happens you don't find that so it's a it's a good aggressive move by Steve Kime and those guys to be able to do it because again this season has so much more out in front of it and you can get him acclimated to what's going on uh I would still like to see Greg Dortch more. I think that they have a connection. You're starting to see guys that Kyler is comfortable with, that he wants to throw the ball to and do more with. And even though Greg and uh, Rondell play the slot, they've almost been doing different things of what's been asked of them, what's doing that. So who knows, maybe on this condensed week, do you have Greg Dortch do a little bit more and let Robbie Anderson just do a very small amount of work to just say, okay, this is what it's going to be like moving forward. Speaking of Greg Dortch, Kyle, you were telling me before the show began on your little homework assignment going down the rabbit hole as far as quarterback and wide receiver connections and Kyler Murray targeting Greg Dortch. That's been the most successful pairing between quarterback and wide receiver to date. I wasn't commenting. I was cursing you for, for putting me on these stats because you're typically the stat guy, and I'm typically the, the guy that asks you for stats. But, um, you know, it, one thing that I found interesting because I've been saying what happened to Greg Dorsch, he looked explosive, he looked smooth, he's got uh, when targeted, he's caught every ball when targeted. Um, but Kyler Murray has a, a 116 passer rating when, when targeting Greg Dorch. Um, the next closest is Zach Ertz at 100, and then Rondell Moore, and then Hollywood. And um, you know, Dorch also, you know, we've seen Hollywood, um, you know, two games ago against the Eagles catch a ball and get a lot of yak and, and create and make people miss and wheel his way into the end zone. But Greg Dorch is averaging more yards after the catch than Hollywood Brown was. So um, I feel like he, you know, just the eyeball test, he looks like a guy who is explosive, who has the speed, who has the hands, and, and he's got a lot of dog in him. I mean, he's going to fight for those extra yards. And, you know, you continuously hear Coach Kingsbury say, we've got so many weapons, we just need to utilize them the right way and find a way to get the ball in their hands in space. Well, that's your guy. Um, he's, he did it. He was the story, the breakout story of the preseason, and it carried over into the regular season. Dorch took advantage of the time that Rondell Moore missed with Moore back. It's Greg Dorch has seen his playing time decrease because you've got Rondell Moore. Now the question is, with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, what happens with those snap counts in the wide receiver room? Here is head coach Cliff Kingsbury because trying to limit Hopkins or get him slowly adjusted might not be an option, especially with Hollywood Brown getting hurt. We still want to use him. Uh, in different positions and maximize what he can do, but we definitely uh, will adjust his role. Will he be on a snap count or anything? He says not, so we'll see. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see how he's going, but I know he's anxious. He was up here today um, asking for the game plan and, and uh, excited to get out there. We know what the numbers say, Drew, with DeAndre Hopkins, 8-2 and two with, 5-9 and nine without, and that's going back to 2001. One player, yes, has meant all the difference to this offense. Should not be the case. I want to make that perfectly clear. It could not, never be reliant on one individual, but it has, and now you hope that this is the catalyst for this team to get going. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're looking for, and that's what you're hoping for. When you are a playmaker of his caliber, a difference maker of his caliber, that's what you want. That's why you you know made a trade for him in the first place, and you're able to get him. Guys like that, when you have one-on-one, you feel so good about him 
winning every single time and guys like that are, are very hard to find so getting him back will be a tremendous shot in the arm now it would have been a complete luxury and much more comforting if they were having Hollywood Brown and him paired together how they're going to match it I mean we talked about that leading into the season you know do they insert him into the slot do they put him back outside where are they going to go with all this stuff and maybe that's really what they want to do is saying okay we want DeAndre in the slot and that's why we go make a move for somebody like Robbie Anderson because we want him to stay on the outside where Hollywood would be or eventually will be and then it becomes really exciting so I don't know what the answer is time will tell within all of that but you would imagine these two way goes on the inside for somebody as dynamic as DeAndre Hopkins would really allow Kyler to settle in and find a security blanket that he has not found thus far I remember that first time with Hopkins on the field I believe it was 16 targets 14 catches on the road against the 49ers I don't think 16 targets is what Hopkins is going to get Thursday. I'm sure he would love 16 targets just to make up for lost time. But when 10 is on the football field, this offense and Kyler Murray, they operate just a lot cleaner. Yeah, and to Drew's point, the, you know, the a lot of Kyler's targets are going to Hollywood Brown. So those targets got to go somewhere. And, and Drew made a good point, um, you know, with with him being back, they're probably going to go to him. And, you know, we've talked about this before about the effect on a defense um, that having him on the field makes. It dictates coverage. It cleans things up. And I, Drew can tell you this, when you have that type of premier receiver, and, and we played with one in Detroit, um, it makes the reads a little bit easier. And, um, you know, I can recall a game when, when Calvin Johnson in Detroit had a leg injury, and he shouldn't have been on the football field, but we kept trotting him out there because the threat of Calvin Johnson cleaned things up, and it, it, it made other teams account for him. So having DeAndre Hopkins back out on the field – not just it's not just a big difference in his ability, which is elite, and his his catch radius is elite, and he the things he can do very few receivers can do, but you can pretty much anticipate how the defense is going to play him when he's on the football field. Saw Hopkins earlier on the practice field. They're going through a walkthrough as we speak here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats. Wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot. In fact, they were working through some special teams. But just to see number 10 on the football field, he has been in the building for the past couple of days, more than a week. Involved in meetings, just hasn't been with the team on the football field. That changes this week. And then, of course, on Thursday when the Cardinals host the Saints. Cardinals 2-4, and four, and they're 2-4 and four in large parts because of the defense. When we come back, the second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report, we'll put the spotlights on the defense and their efforts so far through six games. The young players stepping up, adding to their tremendous rookie seasons, and in the case of Zayvon Collins, his second year in the league. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Snap to Smith, drops back the throw, pressure in his face, he's in trouble, and he goes down, he's sacked back at the 21-yard line. Cam Thomas, the rookie, first career sack for Cam Thomas. Shotgun snap, Smith, deep drop, looking, steps up, hit, sacked, back at the 13-yard line by Zaven Collins. First career sack for Zaven Collins. In trouble, and it's my Jay Sanders back there for the sack. 
taking down Geno Smith. Great speed from MyJ Sanders, the rookie from Cincinnati off the edge, getting his first NFL sack. Back to pass goes Smith. Here comes MyJ Sanders. Smith gets out of there, though. He's running far side. Then Zayvon Collins sacks him at the 20. Good pursuit by Zayvon Collins. They say sacks come in bunches, and the Cardinals got a bunch of sacks on Sunday in Seattle. In, ca- in case they, in fact, they got five of them, and the first career sacks for Cameron Thomas, MyJ Sanders, and Zayvon Collins, who finished with two and the 19-9 loss against the Seattle Seahawks. As we continue here, second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Seek Your Ticket to Great Seats, and let's touch on what has been a pleasant surprise this season is the defense and just the development, Kyle, of these young pieces because there were big question marks going into the year. One about Zayvon Collins, year two, could he handle that role of an inside linebacker being the quarterback of the defense? And then secondly, that outside pass rush. Where was it going to come from? You lose a Chandler Jones. Who's going to step up? And in week six, we saw Cameron Thomas, my Jay Sanders, get snaps and produce. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's that's the biggest development with this defense. Uh, they've been playing well, but you can see that they have the potential to keep getting better because of the development of Zayvon Collins, because of the development of these young defensive linemen, because um, the cornerbacks continue to step up and play really well. Um, it, it, and, you know, the, the impressive thing about Vance Joseph is he keeps finding new and different ways to use his players. Um, you know, I love seeing Cam Thomas's first sack. Uh, he bull rushes an offensive tackle, walks him all the way back into the quarterback, and and then you see MyJ Sanders, who's a different type of pass rusher, just beating guys around the end with his speed and quickness. You see Jesse Lucchetta getting in there and getting some reps and and flashing and, and showing his speed and physicality. Um, those are all great things, but you know, again, the, the development of Zayvon Collins of not just uh, getting to a point where He's seeing things at the inside linebacker position that he's he's playing blocks better, but also making big plays, being a part of a, a, a pass rush. Um, and you know, again, encouraging thing is through the good through the first part of the season, it felt like Vance Joseph had to blitz, had to pressure to to speed things up to get pressure on quarterbacks um, uh, to a large degree. In this game, they were getting there with the four man pass rush. Um, which when you can get to that point and you can do that, um, it, it frees you up so much on the back end and helps your coverage so much when you're getting pressure with just four. And that's back-to-back weeks now, Drew, that it doesn't look like there's been that fifth or even sixth defender coming into the backfield. And it's a credit to not only those defensive linemen and outside linebackers, but also that you have confidence in the secondary as well to be able to cover and a Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, Antonio Hamilton have all stepped up their game to where you're rendering the opposing wide receivers their best pass catchers right uh, non-existent for the for the most part. Yeah, I mean those guys were negated where in the past we've seen both of those guys, DK Metcalf, you know, and Tyler Lockett have a huge huge effect on the game. And so being able to change that again, their identities changing up in Seattle without Russell Wilson there, Geno's doing a very nice job of protecting the football. They're trying to do some different things as they plug and play guys, but this defense has adapted very nicely over the course of the 6 weeks that they've been out there. I think too often as we start pointing fingers or we have question marks and we don't applaud people for making big jumps. And this defense has made big jumps. 
individually and collectively. I think they're playing at a very high level, uh, very underrated because they're not getting the credit of playing as a unit. This is a unit that is playing uh, 11 guys on the same page, and you're seeing it. Uh, even Marcus Golden getting after it, even though he doesn't have the stats, he's a guy that is putting pressure on these quarterbacks, You know, pulling the ball down, having to do that and extend plays, and, and guys are getting after it. So it, it all works hand-in-hand. Hand. They're doing a good job of changing the, the picture. They're being aggressive when they need to be aggressive, though. That's the other beauty, and, and I think Kyle did a really nice job of articulating that. Like Vance Joseph is getting the most out of his guys as he realizes what they do well, and he's trying to stay away from what they don't do well, and sometimes that's a work in progress. Uh, you can even look at Isaiah Simmons. He is starting to find a role within what he needs to do and not putting him out on an island, not putting him against some of these guys where he can't be successful. And, and as a collective whole, this defense is playing extremely well. If we can get this throughout the rest of the season, it's going to be a very nice uh, surprise for the duration. In addition to Collins getting his first two career sacks, he set career highs in tackles, tackles for loss, and quarterback hits. His performance certainly would have been better if it came in a win, but it still shows how much he has improved individually and then the defense overall holding the Seahawks at just 19 points. Here's Collins postgame. You can have eight sacks, whatever. You can fly all over. You can have picks, pick sixes. The loss is still a loss, you know what I mean? So it's 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 rough. But, you know, I thought I, f- I played up and down. I had a few missed assignments, but stuff that we get to fix up while watching film. Um, but, you know... I thought I thought we played hard as a defense. You know, a lot of guys are there that are running to the ball constantly, so we still got good signs of a healthy defense. What you like to hear from the players in the locker room, especially on the defensive side, it was Buda Baker post game as well. Kyle says we can still play better because they're pointing to Kenneth Walker's touchdown run, not being able to get that stop on that drive. Going back to the Eagles game, not being able to get the Eagles off the field on that 17 play drive that ended up being the difference in the ball game. Still, you're asking a lot of a defense. Certainly would be nice to get some help by the offense, but overall, I don't know how much, how much more you can ask of this defense right now. No, I agree. The defense continually steps up, especially in crucial moments. I mean, it, it, the offensive struggles outside of the first two drives and, and to only come away with three points and with the defense and special teams, um, you, you're still at 12-9 to nine at the end of the third quarter. I mean, the, the defense... Um, you know, it's not always pretty. It's not always perfect, but they are doing what it takes to give the offense an opportunity to capitalize and win these games. And, you know, having played defense, sometimes it gets really frustrating when you get a big stop. I mean, it might be a three and out. It might be a 10 play drive. And then the offense goes out there and gets a three and out and you're right back on the field. And that has happened to this defense over and over and over where they get a stop. The offense goes out there and gets a quick three and out, and they're right back out there. But what do they do? They keep stepping up and keep responding. And I, I love the way they're wired, and, and you got to believe that this message is coming from Vance Joseph that there is still so many things that we can do better. Hey, let's let's you know talk about the positives, but let's also examine where we're making mistakes. And, and to a large degree, um, guys are in the right place. You know, this game it particularly showed up is the tackling isn't always great, especially in the open field. And that's something that, you know, can get better throughout the season. So 
Um, you, you know, I, you love to hear that, though, especially in young players. They're not, you don't hear Zayvon Collins coming into the locker room um, satisfied with his performance, which, you know, he, he certainly could be because he continues. It seems like every week for the last three, four weeks, we keep saying Zayvon Collins has played his best game. And I believe that's true again this week. So um, he seems to be hungry to keep building upon not only what he's doing himself, but to to build for this entire defense to keep progressing and keep stepping up and keep getting better. And the real encouraging part on all this, when you look at the defense, outside of J.J. Watt, the players on the field are all your own players. They're all homegrown talent, players that you drafted and developed. In fact, Vance Joseph spoke on that this week. They've got to play to get better, obviously, but the, you know, the question for a coach is, you know, is it is it worth those four or five plays to win or lose the game? Obviously, that's a balancing act for a coach. You know, some guys get it quicker than others. It takes some guys longer, but once they get it, they get it and they play well. But I think with Cam and, and Zavin and um, Isaiah and Sanders, it's been a good timeline. It's been on their terms, I should say. You know, and that's, that's what you want as a coach. There's only been one game, and it was across the board, and that was week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. Arguably, maybe one of the top offenses, if not the top offense in the league. But outside of that, since week one, this defense, I don't know how you can argue against them not being the story of 2022. Yeah, no, they, they definitely are. But you look at that. Kyle Vandenbosch said he'd rather take eight sacks, too, than a win, <laughs> just to be clear. But uh, I'm Every throwing time. him under the bus, yeah. But in saying that, this defense, yes, it has made adjustments, and I think the coaching staff's made adjustments. So this is a collective whole that there's a lot of optimism for. Cardinals and Saints coming up on Thursday. We'll touch on New Orleans as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by Seek Your Ticket to Great Seats. Speaking of seats, you want single-game tickets for Thursday or the rest of 2022? Go to azcardinals.com tickets for more information. Cardinals 2-4, and four, Saints 2-4, and four, and they'll meet in prime time on Thursday. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Throws back across the middle, and it's caught in the back of the end zone by Hopkins, and he got his feet down for the touchdown. Quick throw over the middle. Hopkins has a catch of the 10, turns to his left at the 5, and hits Pater. Touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Throws left in the end zone. Hopkins is there, sliding, catch for a touchdown. Sidearms it over the middle, caught for a touchdown by DeAndre Hopkins. Steps up, lobs it back in the end zone. Wide open is Hopkins, and a touchdown. Caught by Hopkins at the 10, slips a tackle, runs left to the 5, into the end zone for the touchdown throws a fade left side in the end zone and it is caught for a touchdown by d hop d hop caught it looks right throws a deep ball right side in the end zone and it's caught it's a touchdown touchdown deandre hopkins have not heard that in a long time in fact week 13 of last season the last time deandre hopkins played he will play Thursday night when the Cardinals host the Saints at State Farm Stadium. 5:15 is the kickoff. 1:30 pregame coverage begins, and yes, a lot of anticipation with number 10 back in the fold. Although, cannot look at one player, but at this point, Drew, I'm looking for anything. You get Robbie Anderson, you get D Hop, and something to inject some life into this offense, and hopefully that comes this week. Well, if you're going to get one player, that's the one player to. <laughs> hope to get some life injected into it and uh 
it's well warranted because of, of what he does when he's on the football field. You said the stats earlier in the show of the win-loss record when he's there versus not being there. He is a difference maker uh, no matter what happens when he's on the field. And, and Kyler was doing a really nice job last year in the early portion when they were really rolling on offense. He was taking calculated risks of one-on-one matchups and doing this and, and everything that was in our favor understanding the situation okay it's third and three i can throw a 50 50 ball up to him and he's going to win that makes sense not everybody has that capability you put him around and move him around so he can help to dictate coverage he can show you coverage that you might cloud him over there um you know by trying to sit a corner down and then play a safety over the top of him okay you can still run a backside slant there's a lot of ways to manufacture things to be able to get him i would be shocked if cliff kingsbury wasn't already structuring a game plan for him last week of saying we're going to do this or you you take a lot of carryover of what you had last week in the game plan, but okay, this week this is going to be number 10 in here in this spot. But a lot of the guys are running the same routes and concepts. That's what we did for Thursday night. Anything we didn't run in that previous game, we tried to just regurgitate it onto the page for the following week because you want guys to feel comfortable. You want them to play fast. And somebody like that that, again, he didn't have a preseason last year when he played, did he? You know, he doesn't need this. He's not a guy that's going to have to be worried about getting into the flow of what's going on. It's Thursday night football. It's nationally televised. He knows what he means to this team. And as a leader of this offense, as a leader of this organization, he's got to be able to step up and really do that. And he's got the capability to go out and get 14 catches. And everybody would be like, yep, that's what we expected. Short week for both teams, both the Cardinals and Saints, so that has its own circumstances to deal with. Before, Kyle, I want to get your thoughts on the Saints in particular, but here is Vance Joseph talking about the prep after playing on Sunday on the road and now playing Thursday at home. On a short week like this, your system has to take over. We installed some things about a week ago that we put in for this game. You know, So the guy's been running a little bit in practice and not running in the game. So as far as putting in new schemes, that ain't happening this week, right? So the things that you've been good at, you know, you push those things out. And to me, the advantage is defense because obviously it's on our terms. We can bring pressure. We cannot bring pressure. So to me, it's an advantage for defense to, you know, play on these short weeks. Disadvantage, though, for this week's opponent, Kyle, is you're not quite sure. And Vance was asked about it earlier on Tuesday. Who is the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints? No official announcement made. Andy Dalton has started each of the past three games after Jameis Winston got hurt with back and ankle injuries. And now, Saints at 2-4, and four, what do you do? Do you go back to your starter or try to roll, continue to roll with Andy Dalton? Well, that's a good question. Andy Dalton was given every opportunity to take the job. Um, had an opportunity late in the game last week to execute and didn't get it done. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, I, I think you prepare for either quarterback just about the same way. Um, you know, you're going up against a Saints team that's also 2-4, and four, one game out of uh, the division lead. So that's a team that's coming in here hungry. Um, but it, a lot like the Cardinals as well, they're dealing with a lot of injuries at key positions, missing um, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry. Um, Lattimore is going to be out probably on defense. So, um, you know, it's going to be a couple of banged up teams on a short week coming off of tough losses. Um, it, it's just a matter of who can bounce back quicker. Yeah, well, or there's the third quarterback yeah, of Taysom Hill. I'm shocked you didn't say it. Because he's not I a mean, quarterback. I mean, he's listed he's as not, a tight end. It doesn't has matter. Just one well, catch. Either way, and they, it could be a long passes. day of wildcat. How many passes? 
Five. Okay, well, yeah. you know Load what? the box, man. They could, uh, yeah, well, they've also, I mean, that's the identity of this Saints team, right? Even when Sean Payton was there, they've done a, such a good job of running the football. And when you have that many guys out, I wouldn't be shocked to see more stuff with Taysom Hill in there. It's easy to be able to plug and play him. It doesn't matter who's at wide receiver because you're going to have a very simplistic pass game, and you sit there and you just try and grind out some ugly, disgusting win. And to your point, Vance Joseph was asked about Taysom Hill, and he said it's a problem because you're not exactly sure. And at 6'2", 221, I mean, that's, again, tied in, but he's been running the football, averaging better than 10 yards. But a lot of that has been as a quarterback because it's wildcat formation. Yeah, exactly. And he, he's good enough thrower to be able to extend that. They can do some things. And that package, and you can walk through all that stuff very easily. I mean, that's that could be half of their game plan if they want to. Um, you know, So it remains to be seen. But Andy Dalton's played numerous games and won a lot of games in this league uh they you know they're banged up but again they're in the same position right now as the Arizona Cardinals at two and four doing whatever they can and these Thursday night games you don't think about right now you just go into overdrive of saying that because all you're worried about is winning Thursday so Friday Saturday Sunday Monday feels so much better one note on Andy Dalton if he does get the starts on Thursday it'll be the fourth straight season the Cardinals see Andy Dalton as an opposing quarterback with four different teams Bengals Cowboys Bears they beat them all three times maybe this would be the fourth time got to talk about the Saints defense because Cameron Jordan 12-year vet Kyle yet still getting the job done three and a half sacks this season they've got three sacks for four straight games so they can get after the opposing quarterback themselves yeah, and that's tough. Cameron Jordan is a stud. He still gets the job done. He's still um, an elite pass rusher. Um, and coming off of a game where our offensive line uh, did their worst in pass protection. Um, so it, the, the challenge is going to be to get the offensive line right this week. I mean, of all of the it, – it's been a comedy of errors at times with this offense and, and different reasons for breakdowns. Um, this week, to a large degree, the offensive line played their worst game. Uh, both opening holes in the run game and protecting the quarterback with Kyler Murray not having much time getting hit and getting sacked uh, more than any other game this year so um, you know that's that's one thing that a team can do in a short week Uh, Vance said the the advantages for a defense if you've got a good pass rush you have a real advantage on a Thursday night game coming on a short week because um, you know it's you've got one job and if you can get off and you feel fresh and you got a little bit of spring in your step you're going to present some problems to an offensive line they do talking about the Saints give up a lot of yards bottom third in both rushing and passing defense but top five on third down and fourth down top 10 in red zone defense and this will mark the first time for Tyron Matthew back at State Farm Stadium in a regular season game. Yes, it did not end here well, but you got to be appreciative of the five seasons he did spend here with the Arizona Cardinals. He was a tremendous teammate. I loved playing with him. He gave you everything he got, and he's going to be fired up for this one for sure. Has only the one interception that the Saints defense has. It belongs to Tyron Matthew. Again, 5:15 is the kickoff. 1:30 pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Special thanks as we wrap up this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Behind the scenes, our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Cody Fincher. For Drew Stanton, Kyle Vandenbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. We will talk to you in one week's time and hopefully talking about a Cardinals win over the Saints, their first with DeAndre Hopkins here in 2022 and on the road to getting back to 500 and getting back into the race within the NFC West. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.